Hello everybody, this is Mark Kumar, a lifestyle entrepreneur and a proud founder of Simple Podcast Cloud, a platform for podcasters by podcaster. With us, you have one account and you get everything unlimited. In case you're wondering, what in the world you get unlimited? Unlimited shows, unlimited storage, unlimited pretty much everything you could think of and then also unlimited bandwidth listen anything you think of because we want our podcasters to grow and not penalize for their success so without any further ado we have another amazing podcaster with us today who is going to help you take your podcasting game to the next level so nick please take your time to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself uh, hi, my name is Nick um, from Boise, Idaho. Um, you know, we bleed blue here. Uh, <laughs> um, I've been a podcaster for about five years. I guess I've been a content creator for about five years, podcaster for more like three. Um, I'll get in more to the weeds of that in, in a little bit, I guess. Um, and uh, really, uh, I think I, I started podcasting right around when I found out I was, I was going to have my first daughter. And, you know, I basically, I had one of those moments where it's like, you know, Oh, Oh crap. Um, you know, what am I doing with my life (laughs) kind of things? And I, what legacy am, am I leaving behind? And so I kind of was like, well, you know what, ever since I was in high school, ever since I was little, really, I just, all I wanted to do was entertain. And it's like, well, what, what can I entertain with now? I'm just, I'm a nobody, you know? So I really wanted to do something I was passionate about. And that was video games and kind of just nerdy stuff. And so that's kind of how ThreadX Reproductions was uh, born, was <laughs> with the born, with my child being, basically. Um, and so that's kind of how it, that's kind of how it started. And, and now here we are five years later, five and a half years later, um, and about, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight podcasts later. Holy cow, eight podcasts? Yeah. I've been, I, I, I basically been, you know, trying to always evolve, trying to always figure out, okay, you know, if this isn't working, what can we do to kind of change the algorithm in, in, in our favor and you know and it, it was it was kind of a mixture of uh you know like we, when we first started we called ourselves the idaho couch potatoes and we were trying to go for a more local uh like kind of home brew kind of thing because i looked at the time i looked at youtube and I'm like, okay, there's a bunch of people on the east side. There's a bunch of people in like LA and maybe even one or two people from Seattle or something. But I've never really noticed anybody really from like the northwest other than Seattle, you know, that that being the one takeaway. And so our goal was kind of be like, well, we're the Idaho boys. We wanted to be a lot more local, a lot more, you know, I guess, what's it called? Uh Ah, totally forgot what it's called, but a homegrown kind of um, feel to it where, you know, we're, we're your local boys. And that's kind of how it started. Um, from there, it was really just, um, you know, like uh, people would leave, we would get new team members. And it was always about kind of 
continuously evolving. And not only that, but when we'd have a new person join, I wanted to make sure that it wasn't like they were coming into the middle of something. So hence eight podcasts, we would always kind of like change it up if we had a, if we would have a new person or if we just felt ourselves kind of wavering on a particular podcast, like, ah, it's, this is kind of running its course. We can't really figure it out. Let's, you know, start from scratch kind of thing. So how many different industries or niches have you created? Obviously eight different niches. I'm just curious to know what those niches are. So um, I'll kind of go down the line from sure. beginning to end. Uh, Idaho Couch Potatoes was supposed to just be like, hey, we're just two nerds on a couch talking about whatever we wanted to talk about. Um, we did want to have a little bit more of a um, localized feel to it. Uh, after that, we turned into the Deadly Operative Grunt Show, um, which uh, a funny story about that. It was, it was basically supposed to be like, Conan O'Brien for nerds. Like, so I actually had like a desk and I, you know, I'd have, whenever I'd have a guest, they'd sit on a couch and we'd talk things out that way. That was really fun. Um, I think like if I, if, if I ever had it my way, I would love to go back to that and be okay. the Conan O'Brien for, for gamers and nerds. Um, but at the time it's just like, I just don't think a lot of people, in YouTube, which was what I was on at the time, was really looking for something that was an hour and a half long where we talked about video games. And if they were, they were looking for it at like IGN, GameSpot, and like the really big places, the established places. So it was really hard to get going there. Um, so then that's when we started with Rocky Mountain Slackers, which was really just the Deadly Operative Grunt show with a different name. Um, and that's when we officially started, I guess. That's when we popped our podcast cherry, if you will. Uh, and that's when we that's when we started doing that. And it was kind of the same thing where we were we we just really wanted to talk about whatever was kind of hip and now at the time. Um, then the first time we really hit a niche was actually with uh, once in a fortnight, and that's when we talked about Fortnite. You know, if if you don't know what that is. I, you might want to check your pulse because you, you can't be alive and not know what Fortnite is. Um, um, but yeah, uh, we, we talked about Fortnite. It was really right when it first started uh, before, even before like the, the battle Royale, which is obviously what it's known for now. Um, and we, and we started talking about Fortnite. We were just having fun with it. Um, that was probably one of our biggest successes because at the time, Fortnite wasn't really popular yet. It hadn't done its battle royale run. And so not a lot of people were like, oh, what's Fortnite? You know, click clack on their keyboards or whatever. So like we had maybe a few hundred listeners, but even then that was like our first time, like, oh, oh, okay. Pe people are listening. Like we actually have to say stuff that man that matters. <laughs> so that was our first time, like eye-opening, like, oh God, like seeing that kind of tick up week after week was was like kind of exhilarating but at the same time was like you know kind of gut-wrenching because it's like oh crap like you know now we have to worry about what we're saying whereas before it was just two two guys 
chilling out, talking about a game we liked, you know. Um, and then, yeah, the boom really happened when Fortnite really happened, which was with Battle Royale. And so then all of a sudden we went from triple digits to quadruple digits. We're sitting in the 4,000, 5,000 area. And so now, like, that's when we really found it. And it was really interesting because we really tried to keep the uh, the co-op version alive, which is, you know, for those of you that may not know, it's called Save the World. It's basically a tower defense, you know. And we tried to keep that alive. We try to always talk about that at least once an episode, but a really a bulk of the episode started becoming about um, Battle Royale because that was like the, the new and hip thing, you know. Uh, do you play video games? I used to once upon a time. Once but upon not, time. <laughs> it's been a long 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's, I hear that a lot. Um, I'm, I'm 32 going on 33 now um i got two daughters or whatever so most of the time when i hear somebody oh i used to it's because you know life got in the way um and that's kind of been always one thing that's maybe set me apart is that you know a lot of people view video games as a hobby whereas i feel like for me it's a it's a lifestyle you know some people uh, run you know some people run for a living and like, oh i'm a runner you know, some people love movies. Oh, I'm a movie buff. You know, I am a gamer. And that's not just like casual, like, oh, I kind of do it on the weekends. And, you know, I just, eh. no, I like, I live it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm in the Twitter. I'm, I'm looking at all the new and hip stuff. I'm always keeping up to date with stuff. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I kind of live that. So for a while I lived Fortnite, you know, I lived that kind of ecosystem you know and that was really like i said our first time where we found our niche and it really kind of exploded um I, i'm really curious now because i like to call myself a lifestyle entrepreneur it seems like you're a lifestyle podcaster i never thought i would meet somebody who would go into like different industry or different niches if you want to call it and then go follow their passion that's what i do like i go to different industry because mm -hmm. i love it so much and i find success in it and then let's go and now you are truly a lifestyle podcaster i don't know if you mm -hmm. ever thought about that before or not yeah yeah um we try to always put ourselves into it um because you know fortnite being one of our biggest podcasts at the time but there were other podcasts out there and whenever we would have like kind of viewer mail come in one of the main things that you know drew people to us was us you know and so we always we always tried to be i mean i know this sounds so cliche nowadays but it's like we did try to be like authentic you know, so like when we didn't like something that came in the game, it's like we were very outspoken about it, which can be both good and bad. <laughs> because if you agree with me, great, we're all having a good time. But if, if you don't agree with me, suddenly it's like I'm I'm the devil and I'm speaking, you know, fake news. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, if, uh, attaching myself to that niche uh, was really interesting. Um and it happened again. I, I can get to that in a little bit, but it's like that was like the first time it ex we've experienced it, and it was just it was kind of like a ride, you know. And I wish it didn't have to stop, but it was like one thing after another in life kind of happened, and and it ended up kind of fizzling out, not listener wise, but just like us and our passion 
it, it was there, but it, you know, like it wasn't fully there. And it was the number one thing we always wanted to do was to make sure that whatever we were putting out was a hundred percent us. And so if we weren't a hundred percent into Fortnite anymore, it, would, it just seemed disingenuous to just be like, Hey guys, let's talk about Fortnite. This new weapon came in here and yip, did it, did it, did Yay. Like it, it was so hard for us to like fake it you know and that was the number one thing that i felt like would have killed the podcast anyways is being fake you know um so as far as lifestyle quote unquote you know we really did put ourselves into it there was an episode that we dedicated uh it was valentine's day we put it out right on valentine's day so it was actually me and my wife and we talked about how we met we talked about how we got married you know we just went through and just talked for like a whole hour eventually we got to fortnight so that we could call it you know once in a fortnight um but it really was just like us talking and you know it was me and my wife my wife doesn't even do podcasts so it was really just me and her having a you know a dumb conversation <laughs> Okay, so what other podcasts have you done uh, besides So those? right around the same time, we were still doing Rocky Mountain Slacker on the side. Um, the way we basically had it was once in a fortnight. If you don't know what a fortnight is, it's every 14 days. <laughs> I'm, I'm hilariously funny. Um, but we would do that every other week. So to fill in the other weeks where we weren't doing anything, that's when we were kind of doing Rocky Mountain Slackers. And that was kind of the more broad podcast where we just talked about like oh the newest marvel movie came out so we talked about that and what we liked about it or the newest video game came out so we talked about that and that was nice because like i got to talk about more broad stuff that i gave a crap about rather than just like oh here we go fortnite came out with another you know yada yada which once again was kind of the reason we ended up going away from once in a fortnight because it's like once in a fortnight was huge but it was also just like, I, I care about other things, guys. Like, you know, to see the numbers for Fortnite and then Rocky Mountain Slackers was just kind of like, ah, like it hit me because it's like, hey, I do care about other things. Would you mind going over here and checking this out? Um, and it, it, I don't know. It, it, so that's Rocky Mountain Slackers. Uh, eventually, uh, right around the same time is when we got our, our new team member. His name's Nate. Um, big lifesaver, you know, a lot of lifestyle stuff was happening in the background. So I, I basically needed another person. He came along and it was just kind of like love at first sight in, in, a, in a manner of speaking. Uh, we, we gelled really good together. Um, and so right around that time, we changed Rocky Mountain Slackers into Nerd to the Third, um, kind of going with the whole Thread X3, you know, motif we we decided to go with that um and that once again was basically just a different version of rocky mountain slackers um but it was really important to make it mine and his show rather than the show that was rocky mountain slackers you know what i mean like it was really important that he felt like he was a part of the team not just somebody who happened to be on my podcast you know because i mean from threat x3 very you know, um, uh, words, right? Um, from the very beginning of Thread X3, it really was about getting people together and having conversations, not just like, hey, let's see what Nick has to say this week. So it was really important for me to, for him to feel like this was a part of him. So that's kind of why we went from Rocky Mountain to Nerd, Nerd to the Third. 
Um, <laughs> I know it's, it's, it's a lot. I would really, really like to know, and I don't mean to stop you. Like, how no, do you how do you come up with these new creative names? The Rocky Mountain Twitter. Like, do you have like a brainstorm? Like, okay, let's call ourselves this. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, X Reproductions came from, you know, something maybe a little too obvious, but triple threat. So it was like, well. Um, little Google search, triple threats already taken. And I'm like, well, what kind of interesting way could we do it? Well, let's do threat X3. You know, we're threat times three. And even our logo is more like threat to the third power, but let's not talk about that. <laughs> but threat X3, so we're times three, the, the threats. And um, I guess the philosophy there was always, you know, um, I'm a real good singer. Um, I like to think that I'm a good actor. And, um, and then also, uh, I guess I can't dance, but like, I can't, I'm really good at, um, talking and, you know, and so like, that was my triple threat, you know, you can have your own triple threat, but that's mine. You know, maybe you're a dad and you're also a cop and you also, you know, uh, participate in your church's play or something that's your triple threat you know was, that was kind of the always the philosophy there um the uh, idaho couch potatoes was super easy because we were from idaho we were trying to get that homegrown kind of thing uh deadly operator grunts was more like we were trying to be gamers no we're deadly operator grunts we were trying to really hit that home uh rocky mountain slackers was uh we wanted to still cover you know, Idaho, but we broadened it to like the Rocky Mountains. So that was kind of more like Northwest. So we're giving you that Rocky Mountain flavor. Uh, Nerd to the Third was super easy because it was, uh, we took our Threat X3 Productions logo, which is like Threat inside a little white box that has a little three over here. And then I'm like, well, you know, what What can we do? And I basically just took out threat, put in nerd. And I'm like, there you go, nerd to the third. And the, the, the uh, I guess, motif that we had going there is that we always had a rotating third chair. So it was Nick and Nate and then always a rotating third chair. So we always had somebody on. And so that was really cool because it really diversified our, you know, conversation. You know, we never knew what, what kind of conversation we were going to have next because it was always like, you know, it was always rotating. So it was, it was always kind of, you know, going on. There. I'm so glad you brought that uh, speaking of conversation because obviously at the end of the day, people are going to tune in to your podcast. It's because of yeah. the content. So how did you guys go about creating content for your different shows? Uh, was it like a brainstorming session or was kind of like, let's get together and talk about this topic or how did that go? Um, well, yeah, I guess uh, for the most part, I, I've always kind of been the quote unquote producer of the show where, you know, I kind of figure out what we're going to talk about. Um, my goal was always to talk about what was happening like that week, but our goal was kind of always to talk about it from many points of view, you know, which was part of the reason we had, you know, three people, for instance, we always wanted to have three people so that we could, you know, like, I guess the main reason was if everybody's agreeing, it's not interesting because, you know, I might like star Wars, but then hate the last Jedi, 
but then Nate loves the last Jedi and that kind of dichotomy that we have between each other and how we're able to give each other a hard time really made it feel like we're really friends because you don't ever really truly 100% agree with your friends. And that kind of gave it a feel of you're witnessing friends interacting with each other, you know, and that's kind of always been my inspiration for podcasts in general whenever it's one single person um like that one person has to be really interesting for me to keep going even then there can be some episodes that are just kind of eh, whatever and there's some episodes that are really good um but i found like it was so much easier for me to latch on to a podcast with people and so that that's kind of how i think we really that's that's how we did our podcast. It was just easier to, to figure out. I mean, sometimes I would pick a subject that I knew we were going to disagree on because I wanted to see where the conversation went. That was always really important to me. You know, I never wanted to do a podcast where it's like, Hey, it's the Nick show. Here's what Nick has to say about, you know, X, Y, Z or whatever, you know, so many different things, even just nerd culture in general, there's so many things we can talk about a Marvel movie. Sometimes it's as simple as good versus evil, but then there's sometimes there's so much you can get into and talk about, you know, things in the background, things that themes, you know, themes of what the story is actually trying to say and getting into things like that are so fun because it's really just like, it's the type of conversations like you, like maybe you're having a sip of beer and you're just kind of laying back and talking with your friends and you're like, Hey, remember that one part from Goonies? What's up with that? And I'm like, Oh God. Yeah. And then you go into this huge tirade about that one little part in Goonies. And then you're like, how did we even start that? And that's like, that's kind of always what we are going, no matter what we're talking about, that's what we're trying to go for. We're trying to make it feel like a couple of friends talking, having having a good time together, you know? Yeah, those are probably the best conversation I know, especially when you, I feel like, they you know, I've been on a podcast interviews where I gave interviews. And back in the days, I used, when I first started the podcasting thing, I did that myself as well, where I like a five cushion, boom, 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 and I'm yeah. done. I'm like, after the three episodes, and like, this is boring as hell. Yeah. I don't want to do this anymore. And every time somebody had that that kind of format, I'm kind of like, okay, let's talk about something else. It's kind of like, I like this raw conversation because you never know where the conversation is going to go. And then also, you, the beautiful part about it is because you don't know where the conversation is going to go, you may learn something out of the conversation that you never even thought about it before so speaking yeah. of learning all the different conversations you have on your podcast what are the things that you learned that you're like wow that was life-changing oh uh. <laughs> that's that's a hard one we didn't learn a lot <laughs> it's really just bsing um what did you learn how to bs fine or better <laughs> Uh, I I think the main thing we learned like as a group was to really um, how to conversate properly. You know, it's super easy when you first start off to um, be married to your outline, you know, kind of like what you're saying, how when you first started, you, you just had those questions, boom, boom, boom. Um, 
I learned to not be so married to that because when I first started, it was very much so it's like, I have a format. I want to stick to that format like glue. And so the number one thing I learned is to allow for moments to happen, you know, not to, not to plan every little minute, you know, it's like, okay, this is going to be an hour long podcast. So it's like, okay, we have these five subjects. That means I have 20 minutes or whatever. And so, okay, it's 20 minutes. All right, moving on to the next topic. Let's talk about, you know, when it was too robotic, it was not that it was boring by any means, but at the same time, it just didn't allow for the the raw conversation yeah. to take place yeah. it's kind of like when you go it's like when you go on a date and you're like let's say you have two dates booked up on a one day okay i got 10 minutes to go and then i have another day so <laughs> yeah <see ya." laughs> yeah kind of thing yeah like the old sitcom where they're trying to do two dates at once or something yeah <laughs> um so i'd say that's probably one of the biggest things i learned uh, what's different like if i go back to my podcast back in the day it was very much like i had a goal in mind and I can see it like in my eyes. I can just see it like, okay, you're trying to go somewhere, Nick. Just just have a good time and try to have fun. Um, so even nowadays, like I still do a very um, light outline, basically. I have a very, you know, like these are the subjects that I want to talk about. But I try to always use that just as an outline. I don't try to be married to it anymore. I just like, I let it get to a certain point where I can feel like it's starting to trail off or maybe we're, we're joking and we're having a good time, but the jokes are becoming less and less, you know, about the true nature of the conversation. And we're just, <laughs> yes, it's like, all right, well, what about this? Have you seen this or something? I try, I try to make it as organic. And that was something I had to learn, I think, to make it more interesting because even with, um, with most of our podcast, we always have a very structured nature to it where it's like, okay, we have subjects that we want to get to. Um, but eventually I, I got to the point where getting there was the fun. I know that's super cliche, right? But getting there was the fun. It's like, I might know the destination, but how I got to that destination, like that's what became fun about it. You know, because there would be so many times where it's like I'd have like a whole outline of things I wanted to talk about. We'd get to half of them, but we'd walk away from it going, oh, my God, that was like our best podcast yet. <laughs> so, so yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. So let's move on to the next topic, which will be like, uh, so we got the content part, right? Mm -hmm. And then after you do your content. Do you do a lot of post-production or how does your post-production flow looks like or it is? Uh, we've gone through a weird roller coaster, you know, <laughs> um, our very first uh, kind of iteration or whatever was like, okay, let, let's put a green screen behind us and then whatever we're talking about will always be playing behind us. Um, that lasted a while. I would say Idaho Cash Potatoes had it. The dog show had it or some iteration of it. Um, and it wasn't until we actually went to podcasts where, you know, there was no visual. So, um, uh, I brain farted. What was the question? 
<laughs> the question was like, what does your podcast post production oh. looks like, or what do you guys do there to edit your podcast? Um, so around Rocky Mountain Slackers, uh, that was like our first time doing podcasts. So it very much was, can I hear myself? Yes. Okay, cool. I honestly, not until I got this baby right here. It is a blue is snowball. Yeti? Yep, Yeti. Yeah, yeah. Not until I got this thing did I, I feel like I really started taking it really serious. Because before it was like, can I hear myself? Can I understand what I'm saying? If the answer was yes, then, you know, GTFO, let's, let's get this going. It was pretty much just like, we had like cool jingles at the beginning and end of our, um, of our podcast, but that was kind of just it, you know? Um, it wasn't until I think it was definitely nerd to the third when we, really try to make a production out of it, you know? So at the beginning, there was a jingle, you know, um, and it was always there. And then between every single segment um, in post-production, I would put in some kind of song. I would always rotate the song because I, I wanted to keep it interesting, keep it fresh, kind of give the listeners something new to hear each time. You know, so like the, the beginning song was usually always a singular song. It's like, this is so you know that you're on the wrong or you're on the right show. But then everything in between was just kind of like, let's mix it up. Let's just have fun with it. Um, and I think that's when I first really came up with the idea for our current project, which is Nerd Radio. Uh, we can get into that later. But basically, like I was since we were doing an audio, I wanted it to be a show. So I tried to put on a show, you know, and the music interludes was kind of my way of like almost making it radio, radio esque, radio, like radio light, <laughs> you know, whatever you want to call it. So I started putting in music interludes and that was really fun for me. Cause like figuring out what music fit the, topic the most what music sounded the coolest as a transition um and then there was this whole like i guess uh justification for it like i was thinking to myself okay if i was a listener and i knew that there was these music interludes then i could basically if i didn't want to listen to this particular subject i could just fast forward to the next music and then see if i want to listen to that subject or something and yeah i'm so glad you brought that up because <laughs> because that's I, this is where my love and hate relationship comes in with the intros and outros like the pre-done one per se mm -hmm. when you do it and people who listen to your show all the time let's say from episode one to episode 200 or whatever and right. if, let's say in episode 10 you introduce this introduction intros and then outros and then if they listen to you and they're a dedicated listener, they're like, okay, for the first 30 seconds, it's going to be an introduction on script to it. So it's kind of like, that's where I'm like, is it really worth putting it in there? Or do you just naturally, every time you come on and say the introduction to whatever it is, but then it becomes a natural uh, conversation, I mean, natural flow of the conversation as compared to, let's say, if you get your intros done, professionally made, right? And then most people do that. And it's not really good. 
Mm-hmm. And if you do an interview base, and depending on the person on the other side, their internet connection may not be the greatest. So you may have the lower quality of the the audio compared to your intros. And you know, mm-hmm. then you go intro really cool, and then the quality drops a little bit. It's kind of like for me, I personally feel like this is like a little bit of a you know, that's just that's where my love and hate relation comes in. It's like it's nice lazy way to do it and then you know it's kind of like you plug and play and this is system i get it you got the intro then you got the content in the middle and then you got the outro you put in the content you post production and rip it up and mp3 good to go right Mm -hmm. that's the one way to do it and another way which i try to introduce other people like hey let's just get it lack of a better word i used to be a photographer get it right in the camera so get it right in the mic per se where you're like okay you don't have to do any post-production. If you get it right in your episode, let's say mm-hmm. you do an intro, you say it, whatever you want to say. Normally, it's the same Shapiro over and over again, right? Right, so you right. You did, boom, and you transition to your content, and at the end, you go into your outro, and then your post-production, if you follow this way, it becomes almost obsolete. Mm-hmm. So... You know, if you want to not spend any time behind the computer at the end of it, when you're done with it, do this format and then you get an MP3 file. Let's say, for example, we right now we are using StreamYard for this. So they give us you, they give you a video file as well as MP3 file. You take the MP3 file, put it in your podcast source and you're done. You write right. your little show notes and boom, done. Right. But if you get a Zoom file for some people who use Zoom for their recording part of it, so that makes it a little bit difficult because they give you a video file and you have to convert it to MP3, but it's not that complicated process. Right. But point being, if you follow the flow of the conversation naturally, the whole thing is done. Like good 95% is done. It's just that yeah. then that becomes the 5% the post-production thing. But what I'm really curious to know if this ever happened to you, because you are a lifestyle podcaster, that's what I'm going to call you for now on, <laughs> a lifestyle podcaster, because you go to a different industry and you love it. So has it ever happened where your intros or outros got mixed in with the content? So what do you mean? Meaning, let's say, for example, your couch potato. You have a content, but when you're doing the post-production one, because you have so many different episodes or so many different niches, did it ever get mixed up with another podcast uh, show where you like cop potato got mixed up with the serial one and then, you know, the content got switched? Oh, no, 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 (laughs) definitely not. I had, I, I was, I'm very organized in, in general, like don't look at my room because it's a mess. But as far as this, from the very beginning, I tried to take it extremely serious, but no, I usually didn't get anything, um, um, mixed up, you know, cause it was very much, uh, kind of just had my own file system for it in my computer, I guess. So yeah, n- that never happened to me. Thankfully. <laughs> yeah. Knock on wood so far. I yeah, hope it right? doesn't happen again because I, ma- I can imagine if you're doing like so many different podcasts and you're like, I got to get these, I don't know, five different podcasts and then you roll to it, boom, 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 boom. Like, mm-hmm. holy crap. Like uh, I was talking to one of the podcasters uh, not so long ago and she was like, I got my first episode in, but the last 14 minutes, it didn't come in because I cut it. I'm like, oh, crap. Oh, yeah. I've, I've had stuff like that happen before. I've had... um I've had an entire podcast basically completely 
you know, <laughs> crap. Um, because, uh, like, uh, instead of recording on my regular mic, it recorded on my laptop mic. I've had that happen there a couple of times. And it was just like, that was probably one of the best conversations we've had. And I can't use it, you know, because uh, kind of like I was saying before. And once I got this baby, this nice little baby, um, I was able to start taking it serious. So I, I, th I think I got to the point where I was like, oh, my God, I sounded like crap before. I sounded like absolute crap. And seeing or hearing the distant, the difference was really like it was an eye-opening moment and that was when i started treating everything more like a show not just a conversation the conversation was the show but then i still presented it like a show i i, I don't know if that makes sense um but yeah i mean there's there's so many times there was just technical flubs here and there or um we had this really weird thing i don't know if you've ever had this happen um, but eventually down the our history of podcast, um, we started recording our audios instead of like live, like it is right now, we started recording our audio separate. So I would record my audio, he would record his and then send it to me. And that way we could basically have studio quality sound because anytime you do something over the internet, um, the host always sounds great because they're the host, but then the, the um, guest or anything, it always depends on their connection. Kind of, I, you were kind of mentioned that before, but like if my connection isn't as quick as yours, sometimes the very beginning of my sentence can be a little gargled and then the middle of it's perfectly fine. You know what I mean? So we started it doing it where he would send me his audio and we had this really weird bug for like, almost a year and a half and we basically just had to deal with it and it was basically that um every minute or so there'd be like a quarter second where it would just not record i guess while we weren't talking and it was never something that we could see physically happening on the screen it was only something we realized once we got into it so about 10 minutes in, we'd start realizing that I would start laughing at a joke just a little bit before he would say the joke. Or I would make a comment just a little bit before or reacting to his comment. And I was just like, what's going on here? And so basically we got to a point for a whole year, we had to add a half second every five to 10 minutes to make sure that it sounded right. Yeah, it was crazy and probably one of the most stress-inducing moments of our career just because it was just like, oh, my God, here we go again. And eventually, we got to the point where we were just used to it. You know, it's like, here we go again or whatever. But every once in a while, there would just be a wrench thrown in there where it's just like there's almost like a whole two seconds missing. So it's like we have to remember how the conversation went. You know what I mean? Like, did I laugh here or did I laugh here? Am I saying like, I, I'm a type of person that always goes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Right. Right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so I, a lot of my editing was skipping over Nate because Nate was always perfect for some reason. So skipping over Nate and just finding my uh-huhs and making sure that the uh-hahs made sense in the context of where they were actually happening. 
it was a really weird bug that I like. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm just curious, purely my personal curiosity is kicking in. Just out of curiosity, when you were recording and you had that problem, was it like a remote where someone was somewhere else or was the same place or how? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so actually I live in Boise, Idaho. My co-host for most of this, he lives in actually, he lives in uh, Texas. So we have another uh, team member. He lives in uh, a city that's probably like 20 miles from here, but pretty much everything we've, we've been doing remote even before, you know, the whole <coughs> thou shall not be named. <laughs> um, but yeah, we've been doing a lot, a lot of things remotely. So, so, so what platform were you using when you were doing the recording part of it? Just out of curiosity. Uh, for a while we were doing audacity. So we just record it on audacity and then he would just so wait, send me. MP3. Hang on. I'm just curious now. You were doing Audacity, I get it, locally, but mm -hmm. when you were communicating between the three of you, three different remote locations, how were you talking to one another? Oh, um, that would be, I mean, for a while we did Google Hangouts um, or, no, nah, Google Hangouts was kind of the main one. And that was just because we needed to be able to hear each other. You know what I mean? Like, so it wasn't like uh, we were getting the video for it. Because at this point, we weren't doing video for it. We were just doing the podcast. So we weren't really worried about, you know, getting our faces in or anything like that. Okay. I was just, I was simply curious because I'm like, yeah. I, I know a lot of people use Zoom. A lot of people use Zencaster. Then there's a pod squad. I mean, squad cast. And then obviously there's uh, StreamYard. And there's so many different platforms out there. But mm -hmm. I never heard that particular scenario before. So I'm just curious for my own curiosity. I have heard, I have experienced it myself where if I'm talking to somebody across a remote location, let's say in, right. I don't know, New England or Australia, whatever, depending on the person's connection, you may hear a delay there, and then sometimes mm -hmm. it's kind of a static, like, right. and then, then it's fine, kind of thing. <laughs> so, so, so I was just curious, like, okay, uh, so, my God, for a whole year you did that. Uh, who was doing the post-production? Me. <laughs> oh, lucky guy. Yeah. I feel, yeah. I feel for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I Definitely going through that, I think, is really why we, we went the direction we went um because even after nerd to the third because once in a fortnight ended up getting canceled you know we kept going with nerd to the third uh from that point on uh for we had nerd to the third hope county radio which was for a video game far cry 5 uh apex legends hubcast was for apex legends which eventually molded into noob which stood for nice experience with buddies um, but through that whole time, we were basically doing it the remote way. Um, and that, I feel like that definitely um, made, made us transition into the way we do stuff now, which is kind of like what you were talking about, how we do everything live and, and then just put it out. But uh I feel like just like how I got this mic and it really changed the way I do things. Now I got my nice little laptop. Hi, how are you doing, baby? You're doing good. Okay. Um, now I have my laptop and it opened up because part of the reason we did podcasts is because I had a really crappy computer and we basically couldn't do anything. Sometimes I would even do a video edit 
you know, because I was still trying to do YouTube on the side. I'd do a, uh, a review every once in a while. Um, and so every once in a while we do that. And, and I'd, I, I basically had to edit a video and then I'd start exporting that file, go to bed, get up in the morning, and it might be 90% done. <laughs> so um, that's how bad my computer was. Um, I was still able to put out stuff, you know, yay me, but that's one reason we we kind of strayed from doing video-related stuff is because I had just such a bad computer at the time. So now I have this laptop, and that kind of transitioned into the new way we do stuff. So um, the easiest way to explain it is, you know, now we're called Nerd Radio. It's in 3RD, so it stands for National Nerd Net Radio Direct. And so now we, we basically run it just like a uh, radio station, but it's more like a, eh, well, it's a talk radio, but also radio. So basically what we do is we stream it live on Twitch uh, and we'll go for 20 minutes talking about whatever subject we want to talk about. Then we'll have a break for 10 minutes for music. Usually it averages out about three songs. And then we'll come back, you know, hey, how's everybody doing? Okay, let's get into, like, hey, you want to talk about this? Um, but now we're doing that for uh, eight hours a day. So now it's much more of, like, a broadcast rather than let's make it a show. We still make it a show because we're able to, like, have we have OBS, so we have a lot of scenes together so we have we have the capability of like you know doing our display and so oh let's react to this new trailer you know and so we can do that live now whereas before my connection was my connection was awesome you know i'm going like 25 megabytes per second or something you know something like that but my computer was just this ancient brick that barely let me do audio and in fact i'm pretty sure that's what was effing up my my audio when it had that weird bug or whatever. And so now we're able to do a lot of the stuff live. It sounds, you know, maybe not studio quality because we're no longer getting each individual person's, you know, audio file, but it sounds really good. And it's way, it's way less of a production or post-production, you know, cause now we basically just do the show. It's live. It's on the spot. There's some mess ups, but, it's way more fun this way because then kind of like what you were saying, once it's done, it, it's out there. It's just, it's done. We don't have to worry about it. It's just, um, and like I, the, the process going back to looking at myself just a couple of years ago and how we did stuff was just like, if I had to do that now, now I'm up to two daughters. I like to call myself a do uh, double daughter daddy. <laughs> so I have two daughters now. Imagining myself going through and editing these podcasts. God, I love doing them. But I'm so glad that we do it Dude, the way we do it now. <laughs> I, I, I totally, totally understand. Like I said before, like the first three episodes, whole Saturday was spent on editing them. I yep. could not imagine. I mean, I, I love podcasting, editing, just like you, but it's also nice to have a life as well. So yeah, <laughs> that life so totally. podcast balance was, has always, and will continue to be important to me because, you know, kind of at the beginning, the whole reason for this was because I found out I was going to have a kid. So on the one hand I'm juggling 
you know, a podcast, I'm trying to build, you know, an empire, quote unquote, trying to build something. But at the same time, it was always very important that um, I make sure I have time for my family. And so that's another reason why doing it the way we do now is kind of just like, why haven't we been doing it this way? <laughs> and it was because my laptop, obviously. But no, even then, it was just like, God, I wish I could have been doing it this way for a while now because it's just like, now I'm done. I'm over with it. I go out there. I, I spend time with my wife and kids. And it's just like, I'm kind of just like. Now, you know, I, I will probably today. guarantee you right now, you enjoy it more now compared to before. Before mm -hmm. it was like, oh, we had great fun. Now, crap, I got to edit this. Like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Like I, I would tell my wife uh, so many times, it's like I love, I love podcasts. I'm good at it, you know. Like, I, you know, like you were saying, I come up with some really cool, you know, titles. I come up with really cool subjects to talk about. I love doing it. I love the production value that I put into it because it means something to me. You know, it 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 feels good doing it. But everything in between the actual recording of it is an absolute freaking nightmare. <laughs> and just everything was a slog. Every episode. If people would understand what went into every episode that I put out, maybe, just maybe, they wouldn't have given me shit just because... Oh, sorry. Can I curse? <laughs> you could do whatever, Whoopsie. man. It's free form. <laughs> it's um, free form. Um, that's that's what I love about this. This is so a much. raw conversation. Say whatever the hell you want to <laughs> well, say. Good. I'm glad. Um, but yeah, maybe I wouldn't have gotten so much crap because I called armor orange instead of gold. Like, dear God, how dare I call an armor orange instead of gold? But if these people... Don't understand the actual like nightmare I went through every goddamn episode just to make sure to put it out on time. Like I don't think anybody would complain because it's you know it's 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 different now. Thank God it's different now. Let's just... so wait. So hang on. You would record it on the day of it's gonna go live or a, a day before that. You don't batch it in the sense like record a whole bunch of that one day and then let it go. Uh, or schedule them on. We got to the point where we would always record maybe two days before. We wanted to make sure we had the most up-to-date information because like mm -hmm. our two big ones were the once in a fortnight. So we wanted to make sure we had the most up-to-date stuff. Um, and so we, you know, and the same thing with our other biggest one would be Apex because Apex Legends was another real big, uh, you know, battle royale at the, time, at the time. So we always wanted to make sure. So our turnaround time was record, uh, edit the next day, and then publish. So it was usually a 24 hour, you know, turnaround time for us. Okay. And I'm just always curious because lately I have been hearing about this platform called Twitch, 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 <laughs> right? And I'm always curious about this new platform. It's like, how the hell does that work? First yeah. of all, is it like a YouTube live kind of thing where you have Basically, to build yeah. your own we have to build your own audiences and then they go watch your stuff and then that's how it works, just so I understand it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, basically. Um uh I mean the reason we switched to it was I mean, one technology, I have the technology where I can actually do a lot more stuff than I could before. Right. And then the main reason was so that we could have that kind of live 
aspect to it. You know, we wanted it to make it as much of a radio station feel as possible so that, you know, if somebody wanted to comment on a topic we were talking about, all they had to do is comment in the in the comments or they could even even have it set up so that if they wanted to, they can join our discord and they can join in the conversation. We actually have like a channel open so they could join us there. Um I mean, we're not we're not super huge right now, so we haven't really been able to exploit that. But we've definitely had some interesting inputs from our audience, and that's kind of that's kind of the whole point of us making that change. Um, I, I, if if we could get to the point, I would love to get back to like podcasts, as far as like just having the segments on the podcast afterwards. But then that's a whole nother like back to the whole post-production thing that I'm not really looking forward to doing. That's one thing that I like about Twitch. Uh, right now we're actually looking at simulcasting, which basically we simulcast to Twitch, Facebook Live, and YouTube Live all at the same time. And so we're trying to defeat that beast right now. And, you know, we'll, we'll see how, how well or bad that goes <laughs> i think you might want to look into the stream yard thing because i know the stream yard does the uh, facebook live youtube live and i believe I'm, i could be wrong they also do twitch so it might help you out a lot because with this you could do a lot of overlays and tickers at the bottom and things of nature so i don't know if that's something you are interested in no, look I into it definitely look into it <laughs> yeah definitely look into that and then you know and i'll send you the links after with the email and everything also Sweet. so so how does like in youtube right like let's say if you do like the thing they're doing right now you have to have a thousand subscriber four thousand hours and you can monetize on those things whatever for you with the ads and things of that nature for youtube is there a same something similar to that in Twitch, or how do you go about making any money? I'm just curious because you're spending all this time in, in there. So what's the return on investment? Or I don't I don't know that platform, so I'm just curious. Sorry, my microphone got knocked over. Um, so right now we are looking to become affiliates. That's kind of their wordplay, I guess. Okay. Um, so to become an affiliate, you have to have a certain amount of hours that you stream per month which with what we do, super easy because <laughs> we, okay. we record eight hours for one day, basically. So that's super easy for us. That's the easy part. The harder part is uh, we have to get enough followers, which isn't a lot. You only need 50, but we're right around 35 now. And that's just because we we technically just started, even though we've been at this for five years, we've we've just started with Twitch or whatever. So we're at, we're at 34 Hopefully someday we'll get to that 50 and then you have to average three viewers at, at a time. Once you get that, you get affiliate. I'll be a hundred percent honest. I don't know what that means after that. Like do they start advertising us. Do they start? I'm assuming there's some type of, um, cause I know like if I go onto a Twitch and I go onto somebody's, um, uh, stream, an ad will play. So I'm assuming to a certain extent oh, once, gotcha once I have enough viewers, then they're watching an ad that ad gives me, you know, 10 cents CPM or whatever. And so I get, I get a cut of that. So eventually we'll start seeing that. And then the same thing, if we start simulcasting, then it's just about well, what platform are they watching it on? What are, what are the rules there? And, you know, so on and so forth. Right. 
Okay, cool. So I was just curious because I have lately I've been talking to different podcasters who will come on the show. They'll talk about Twitch and then Discord, which I tried to use it one time. I don't really like it personally, but you know, it's I like it typing. <laughs> and then I swear we've tried to talk on it a couple of times. I don't know, it's so much more spotty than even just using Google Hangouts. Like I don't I don't know. I have a really good connection. But for some reason, Discord, it's just, it's shoddy sometimes. And sometimes it'll be awesome. It'll sound like we're right next to each other. And then other times it'll be like, oh, and I'm like, no, I, I like, exactly. I need consistency. I need consistency. I need to feel like I'm in control because as soon as I'm not, then it's just like, ah, come on. <laughs> cool. All right, cool, man. So last but not least, what I want to talk to you about is like, how do you go about getting the word out for your podcast? So tell people like, hey, my podcast is out. What is your process of that? Well, right now, we are relatively new with our nerd radio. So right now, we're kind of doing a grassroots approach right now. Um, I just got some signs. I'm an Uber driver. So I'm going to have a sign on the back of my car saying, go to nerd radio, you know, twitch.tv slash nerd or threat X reproductions. So right now we're doing kind of grassroots. Um, I'm also looking into a billboard, uh, getting my name up on a billboard and just say nerd radio threat X three or twitch.tv slash threat X three. Um, so going grassroots right now. Um, I have tried like Facebook in the past and Ah, I don't know. It's never, I've never really seen a tangible um, difference because I've also done YouTube advertising where I, we've, we literally like made an advertising and we were, you know, we were trying to be cheesy, you know, like, Hey, come check out, you know, whatever. I'm not going to try to even <laughs> pretend I know what the hell we said back then. Um, but we tried to do an actual uh, commercial and I mean, granted, I didn't have a lot of money, but um, like I would see that it got like thousands of hits, quote unquote, because obviously you can skip it. Right. So I would get thousands of hits. And I think I spent close to seventy five dollars, got well over three thousand, quote unquote, hits and like two subscribers. So it's just like, yeah. I don't know, like if, if I had the money, you know, to like just bury a whole bunch of money into it at once, then maybe I could have seen a better uptick. But for like $50, it was just like, yeah, two subscribers. And then even then, like, how long did they stick around? You know, I would like to say like, we're, we're, we're in this for five years, but we're still kind of new. We've never really been able to really hit a big stride, I guess. Like at the most, when we were doing Apex Legends and uh, we were doing it through Anchor, Anchor does this thing where they do advertisements, and as long as you put the advertisement in your in your um, in your podcast, you start getting money. But like at the most, we were making twenty five dollars off of a single episode. So granted, we were doing like you know two three episodes a, a month, so maybe. $70 a month, something like that. Um, but it really wasn't like, oh my God, like, here we go. We get to quit our jobs now. You know, it was definitely nothing like that. Um, 
So unfortunately, as far as how do you get people to listen to you, if anybody knows, let me know because we've been at it for a while. And I'd say that that's always been kind of our hardest thing is to not just get people, but keep people. Um, because when I can, like a really good example of, uh, I, I think I was just algorithmically lucky, is uh, a game called Hunt Showdown. Um, and it was out for Xbox for the longest time, for like about a year. And then it came to the PlayStation. I did a review on it. Freaking awesome review. Go check it out. Even if you don't like games, just check it out for me, okay? <laughs> um, but we got, I want to say we're close to like 30,000, which to some people, that's just like, oh, that's just a Tuesday for me. But for us, it was just like, holy crap. It's just to see those numbers like climbing. Um, and I think the main reason was because like I said, algorithmically a lot of people were looking for a review for hunt showdown on the PlayStation four. And anytime they would, um, they would put in hunt showdown PS four, they'd get an hunt showdown for the 360 or the PC, but it's a whole year old, you know, meanwhile, they would come to mine. They'd realize, oh, this is only like a week old, and it's specifically for the PlayStation 4. So algorithmically, it was like, oh, let's check out this guy's uh, review. I think I got like 200 subscribers on YouTube just by that one review. Um, but once again, whether or not they stuck around was really the problem there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if you really need some help trying to like increase your listenership or monetizing, you could try this. Are you on Instagram or no? Yes. Yes. Uh, ThreadX3 on Instagram. Okay. Do you use the hashtag marketing pretty much anytime you upload anything on Instagram? Specific to your industry, do the hashtag, whatever. So you get maybe one or two followers every time you post something. I do Just that hashtag marketing? Hashtag marketing, basically what it is that, for example, if I were to put a video or a photo or a text on particular uh, on the Instagram thing in there, then I write a little description. That's what most people do. I'm going to write a little description and that's that. And then if you do hashtag, whatever the keywords, if you type in, for example, a hashtag fitness, it's going to tell you how many other people have used this particular hashtag. There could be millions. 10,000 and some are just 100. So do any hashtag that is 10,000 and above. So what that does is it will take your photo and put it into this particular screen of that particular hashtag. And right. then you will get people, believe it or not, they go into these hashtags and look through some of these things and look for people who have pictures in there and then they will go look or check out their portfolio if they like what you see on your instagram then they'll go follow you hmm, okay and you could do up to 28 different hashtags oh wow which is <laughs> a lot of hashtags so imagine if you have one post and then go to 20 different places 28 different places and you get i don't know five different uh particular followers and obviously mm -hmm. like just like anything else you may get the person to follow you but if you don't keep the your feed to be live and keep it updated it's gonna be like sooner or later they're gonna go away kind of thing yeah yeah right and then that's one way to do it and another way to do i'm just curious to know 
when you did your Facebook marketing, because I know a lot of people do it in a different way, let's just say, and they get nothing out of it. And then other people just do a quick tweak and they make a lot of out of it. They get a lot better results just spending $50 on it. So I'm just curious, how do you went about doing it? Just pure out of curiosity. Um, I think the main way we did it was basically uh, I wanted people who were interested in video games. So we took, uh, we did the hashtag video games and then like hashtag, uh, I don't know if we did nerd. I, I can't remember, but I know for sure we were looking for people who are interested in video games because usually people who are interested in video games are also interested in comic books. Oh, that was another one for sure. Uh, comic book characters or comic book movies. And so usually that's always the crossover is video games and so video games was the main one but i think we did like video games movies comic books and so we were trying to you know get people interested in that so you just probably went with the general interest and then mm -hmm. people who like blah 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 and then with the age group with the you know united states and blah blah yeah. blah, blah blah and then let's say that was your ad i saw it oh there it is and when i click on it what happens next uh they'd get to my youtube channel okay number one mistake right there because yep. you want to what do you want to do is you want to actually create something for example since you are into video game right there are two big players out there xbox and playstation i don't know any other there are but i'm sure they are whatever so yeah. what you what you might want to do is next time future reference i don't know if you did this or not but if you did tell me and i'll shut up and i'll say anything <laughs> <laughs> okay so go after let's just say playstation and mm -hmm. anybody who likes playstation you could do specifically like in the interest part of like anybody who likes playstation and then you break it down to what is your age group that people normally play video game i don't know i'm not a video gamer anymore yeah, <laughs> so yeah so right now it's like 18 to 35 18 to 35, right? So within that age group, let's just say United States for, for giggles if you want. 18 to 35, anybody who likes PlayStation and who lives in the United States, and then you tell them like, hey, what is the benefit for them clicking on that particular link? What are they going to get into it? Because the key thing is everybody's tuning into their favorite radio station, which is WIIFM. What's in it for me? Why right. the hell would I click on this? Like, for example, if you saw advertisement, why would you click on it? What's the benefit in it for you? Right. right. And then the benefit would be, let's say you can download this cheat code for this particular website. I mean, for this game. I don't know. I'm just making things up. You could just right. create a PDF with the cheat code and things like that. So what do you do? You click on here. You send to your name and email. And then you get the cheat code. And that goes into your email list. And then you build your email list. And anytime. You want to promote something. You go to your email list and get the. You could direct the traffic to your Twitch. You could direct the traffic to your YouTube, and that's that. Otherwise, you just wasted your money by going there, like mm -hmm. doing the way you did. If you think about it. Okay. Right? So if people who are watching your advertisement, they get nothing out of it. It's just a free click. Okay, what would you do? You know, whatever. But if I'm gonna give you any kind of information, like my email, especially a name, mm -hmm. then if I get something out of it, you just added value to me. Like you are awesome, Nick. You gave me this cheat code that I can use while I'm playing my video game. Right. And then I'm more inclined to hear more crap from you. 
and then you send out another email. It's called like email market. I'm sure you know of it. You get that all the time. Those right. coupons and things. And as you're like, sometimes you're really excited about like, yes, I can save ten dollars in here. I was like, crap, spam, delete, kick down, subscribe kind of thing, right? So, yeah. so you might want to consider doing that. It may be beneficial. Same thing with the YouTube market anywhere else. For like, don't send them to directly to your YouTube channel because unless you're planning on increasing your view. If you just solely care about your views and nothing mm -hmm. else for a YouTube video, you could do a cheaper route, which is create a same same concept. Anybody who likes PlayStation, 29 to 34, and then people who are from Pakistan and India. If you just care about increasing your view, because over there you could spend $50 and get 2,000 views, because just traffic over there is cheaper. Oh, okay, interesting. And then, that's number one. So let's say you did that for like $50, right? And then what you also can do is after the ad has been done, you can say, okay, now that all the people who engage with this particular ad create a lookalike audience and then go to the US market and then same concept. But in this way, Facebook knows who are the people who clicked on your ad and then they will create a lookalike audience and then will your cost spend will be a lot lower. So you may spend only $25 and you get a lot more effective that one. Hmm. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's how that's how the plays the game is played. <laughs> <laughs> right. So try, try that if you want to, you know, food yeah, for thought. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. All right, cool. So let's wrap this little bad boy up. I truly enjoy talking to you. So before we go away, tell our audiences how they can get in touch with you if they want to know more about you or learn more about you or if they have a question for you. The floor uh, is all yours. All right. Well, yeah. Um, once again, I was Nick. Hi, everybody. Bye, everybody. Um, and uh, we're ThreadX Reproductions. Um, so the main places you can go for that is at TX3 Productions on Twitter, uh, ThreadX3 Productions on Instagram, um, just ThreadX3 Productions at gmail.com if you just want to email us uh, directly. Um, ThreadX3 Productions on YouTube, ThreadX3 on twitch um it, we tried to keep it as uniform as possible but obviously with character restrictions we had to you know mess around with the format but in, in any sense usually threat actually productions is is the place to go for that 